0: Good morning and welcome once again to our Daily Devotion podcast. For today and for the next three days up to Saturday, or oh, this Saturday we'll have a bonus issue because I want to cover these four parables of that describe the kingdom of God. These are not exactly parables, rather they are similes. A simile is a description of something that uses comparisons with something else. Some of the concepts like kingdom of heaven are hard to be described in words. And so rather than describing in words, Jesus uses other things, other objects to give a, same, a feeling, a comparison with what that object, what the kingdom of heaven is like. To give you an example, when we say this man is as brave as a lion, we can't quantitatively describe how brave that man is, but when we think of a lion, then the fearlessness of a lion, we think, "Okay, as fearless as the lion is, this man is fearless." Likewise, it is for the kingdom of heaven. The next four parables or similes describe the kingdom of heaven in different ways, as as a net, as pearls and treasure. As a net and fish as a mustard seed. Different descriptions of what the kingdom of heaven is. And these are very very important similes because as we think of the examples and comparisons that Jesus gives, it allows us to understand in pictorial form, understand in in action form what the kingdom of God is like. Today we will look at two similes of the kingdom of heaven, that of hidden treasure and the pearl. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13 and we'll read, read from verse 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Let us pray. Father, thank you for revealing the kingdom of heaven to us. For Lord, indeed we want to know what it's like, what your kingdom is to us. Open our minds and our hearts, that we may know you better, and your kingdom as well. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Matthew thirteen forty four to 46 The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a very short passage, and I think today my commentary, my devotion, will be rather brief as well. But I hope that it will not end at the end of my commentary, but rather you continue to ponder what your understanding of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is that it will give you sleepless nights, not only for today, but for the weeks and months to come. Why? Because it is important to know and to understand the kingdom of God. This parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl will challenge your understanding of what it means for God to rule in your hearts. It will challenge you as to how whether it is important, how important it is to be a Christian, to live, to be ruled by the Spirit, to be ruled by God, as well as to understand, will challenge us also in our ways of evangelism, because this parable raises the bar as to what it means for the kingdom of heaven to come upon us. We need to ask then, are our usual ways of evangelism, sometimes of telling people that you will live forever, if you don't receive Christ, you will die, sometimes to offer them things and say, well, just believe in Jesus, whether these are way too low to describe the kingdom of God. Allow these two parables, these two similes to speak to us and to guide us and help us to understand the bar, the high bar that the kingdom of heaven really has. So we look at the first simile. The way to do it is to shut your eyes and to picture this story, this short little story that Jesus tells and to feel the emotions. So I invite you now to shut your eyes, pause a while and, and then ask that God will help you understand his kingdom even as you picture the story that's being told by Jesus. There is a man. He's probably a hired worker. He works in the field. He doesn't own the field. In fact, he probably hasn't got the money to own the field, but chances are he is in farming. He's digging the ground. As he digs the ground, he finds treasure. He looks at the treasure. His He's trembling all over because it's such a lot of wealth that he sees. His first reaction then is to say, I must have this treasure. How can I get it? In his mind, he thinks, well, I'll have to buy the land so that I can have the treasure. But as he prepares to go off to buy the land, he realises that someone else may find the treasure, so with trembling hands, he covers the treasure again. No No one must see it because he cannot afford to lose this treasure. He goes home. This man probably is a poor man, nothing much to look forward to, a very mundane life. But suddenly, something has changed. He has found treasure that is far more than anything he can ever imagine now he needs to raise the money to buy the land to get the treasure. He looks at all that he has. He probably had done his calculations before and realized in the past that he couldn't afford the land. If he could, he would have bought the land long ago. He couldn't, and yet this time it was different. He had to buy that land. He looks at all his possessions The things that were essential to him, even his bed, his tools, his cooking utensils, his clothes, his house, his own, whatever little bit he had. If he could sell all of that, everything, maybe he can raise money to buy this piece of land. But what if, how can he sell everything, his house, his bed, and where will he stay? And then he realizes Why am I so stupid? What's so hard about it? When I get this treasure, I can buy a lot more. I can have a mansion. I can have everything that I need. Certainly, I can sell all that I have just to get my hands on this treasure." He does exactly that. With every little bit that he's able to sell and raise the money, he sells it, takes the money, and he buys the land. What stands out in this simile is the joy and the excitement that this man feels. He's no longer worried about losing anything because to gain this treasure, he gains everything back. There is no sense of sacrifice. There's no sense of having to throw away things that are precious to him because all he thinks about now is to get that treasure With that treasure, he gets everything back and more. The second simile is about a merchant. Now, this one isn't a simple farmer, a hired man. This one is a connoisseur in pearls. He's a merchant, and he probably has bought and sold many pearls. He probably can recognize a bad pearl from a good pearl, a good pearl from a better pearl and suddenly he has found the greatest of all pearls, pearl of greatest value, It's never seen something like that before. His expert eye tells him, I finally found a pearl that is incomparable. So he goes and he sells everything and he buys that pearl. Nothing else can be compared to this pearl. Once again, this story tells about a man who finds something that far exceeds everything he has ever seen, everything he has ever had. He's willing to give it all up just to buy that precious pearl. This man is different from the farmer, as I mentioned, because he's a connoisseur. He has tasted, he has tested, he has tried out and searched out different pearls. And finally, he has found one that's really worth keeping. Now let's think about the two similes. What does it say about the Kingdom of Heaven? The Kingdom of Heaven is not joining a church. It is not even about receiving Christ. It is a realisation that something far greater, a love far greater than anything else is now available to us. And then we think about what we think of having God rule in his hearts. Does our concept of God's rule in our hearts fit with this description of the Kingdom of Heaven? Is it this precious to us? Have we felt that nothing is more important than having God rule in our lives, having God take control, having the Kingdom of God in me? Can anything else be better than this. It's an important question for us because for many of us this may not be true at all. We may have received Christ because we we wanted to go to heaven. We've, we may have received Christ because God helped us a little here a little there. And that's all right. these are good things. But the bar for knowing having experiencing the rule of God is far higher. We shortchange ourselves by ticking the low bar, by saying, I want to be a Christian just so that I can go to heaven. That's a very low bar, and you miss out on something far greater. And we need to keep asking ourselves that question. Has the kingdom of heaven become so exciting, so precious, so lovely to me, that everything else pales in comparison? Sometimes this takes years. This will take years to develop within us. And I'm not asking that this be an instant experience. And yet we need to do a lot of soul searching. What is the kingdom of heaven like? Is it something so boring and meaningless to us that all we do is to feel like we have to turn up in church every Sunday? We need to read the Bible a little bit. Or is the kingdom of God, the rule of God in your life, so exciting that you'll do anything to continue letting God rule our lives? And so if this question bugs you, and I pray that it does, I hope then that it will give you sleepless nights as you wrestle with this question and you ask God, God, where is this treasure that beats all treasures? Where is this love That exceeds all loves. I want that love. I want this treasure. As Jesus said to Samaritan woman by the well, the water that you drink, you will thirst again, but the water I give you, you will not thirst again. Water that I give you, when you drink of this, you will not thirst again. It is the water of all waters, the drink of all drinks, treasure above all treasures. I pray then that you keep seeking until you find, because to give up midway or to settle for anything less would be to shortchange yourself, to have thought you have found the treasure but you have not really found that treasure. My prayer is that you will keep searching for it and asking for it until it becomes a reality to you. And sometimes it comes over time over difficult difficulties and difficult experiences a close friend of mine uh, I called uh, I chatted with a close friend of mine yesterday she lives in Hong Kong I was first introduced to her nine years ago and she was in deep depression and her doctor who was a member of my church then gave her my phone number and she called me we talked then I sensed that she was depressed over many things, but that she held many material things as precious to her. She talked about her ambition, her wanting to rise up the corporate ladder, wanting to be top in her profession. She talked about having wanting a beautiful house, an expensive car. And she was working in Hong Kong then, she she dropped by to see her doctor in Singapore and came to my office to talk to me, after which she returned to Hong Kong. As we journeyed on, her life grew very difficult. She kept rising, going up the corporate ladder. She reached the position of a vice president of a multinational, with fantastic pay. She bought an apartment in the heart of the city in Hong Kong that overlooked mountains on one side and the city on the other. She had an expensive luxury car that she drove, every weekend at least, to ease her nerves and to well, give her a rest. But she was experiencing great difficulties at work. The stress of having to produce was wearing her down. To the point where she wanted so much to resign and yet she couldn't find another job that paid this well. She missed her mother in Singapore but she said I'll never come back to Singapore because coming back to Singapore means I can't get a job with this position and this pay. I'll remain in Hong Kong for the rest of my life. But she experienced so much pressure in her work that she began to pray. At first it was just to ask God to ease her discomfort, to give her some peace, was to plead with God that the meeting would go well, Often was to plead with God to give her a new job. She never got a new job. But she became more and more dependent on God. She said that each day as she prayed, she felt peace. And from seeking peace at work, she soon developed a friendship with God and the friendship grew deeper and deeper. Yesterday, as we chatted, she said she finally understood why she had to go through such painful times. It was so that she could know God and she could fall in love with God. and She could know that he loved her. One of the things that she never wanted to really face was that she was living a lesbian lifestyle and it was something that she kept away from God or from anyone else. But now she was willing to talk to God about it and she said I don't worry about God being angry with me for being a lesbian. I don't worry about God hating me about that because I know He loves me so much and He will never punish me for being a lesbian. But I now ask a different question. I ask instead, do I love God enough to give up this lifestyle? Because deep in my heart I know that it hurts God each time I engage in lesbian behaviour. Each time I sleep with another woman, it hurts God. And now I ask myself, do I love God enough to give up this lifestyle? This friend of mine has come a very long way. She still has a lesbian lover, but now she has opened her heart and she's asking difficult questions, but the right questions. It's God, it's knowing God, it's loving God, greater than all the other things that she has. But all the other things she's willing to give up, she says, two more years, I'm moving back to Singapore. I love my mother too much to not spend time with her. And I said, what about your job? She said, never mind, I'll find a lower jo- lower paid job. Doesn't matter, I'll take any job. I said, "In your house? She said, well, I'll sell my house. It's fine, I'll come back to Singapore. HDB flats are fine, I'll stay in a flat and I'll use the proceeds of my... The sale of my Hong Kong house to keep me alive the next many years, maybe I don't even need a job. I'll sell my car or move over to Singapore. And then she said, "None of these things matter to me anymore. What's important is that I know God loves me and I love God very much." As I listened to this friend of mine share her story, it made me realize that she was beginning to find. pearl that was beyond everything else. She had searched for meaning in her position, in her high pay, in her beautiful house, in her fast car. But after a while she realized that there was only one love that would catch capture her imagination and she was beginning to find it. For each of us then we need to wrestle with this question. Have I found the love that is greater than all other loves? Do I know Jesus the way this parable, these similes describe Him to be? It is more precious than anything else that one would sell everything just to get that treasure. It is a pearl of such great value that everything else pales in comparison. Take time to ponder this question because when you have found that pearl, you'll find a joy so deep in your heart that nothing else is important to you. Let us pray. Father, often we live our Christian lives in a very sad and painful way. Sometimes it's emotionless, sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's even onerous as we battle with our guilt and our shame and the do's and don'ts of religion. And yet this is not the way you describe your rule in our lives, the kingdom of God. The way you describe it, it is the joy of all joys, the love beyond all loves. It is the treasure that is greater than all things, all our possessions. It is a pearl that is far better, far more valued than any other pearl that exists. Father, perhaps we have shortchanged ourselves. We have thought that the Christian life was just to accept Christ, to go to heaven. We have failed to see that there is great joy, there's ecstasy in knowing you. There is a joy and a love that exceeds all others so God, even as you draw us to yourself, as you point out to us what your kingdom is, we pray that within our hearts you will stir a longing, a deep longing, to have your kingdom really upon us. It will not be lip service, it will not be just saying that we are Christians, but it will be a reality within us, in our lives personally, in the midst of our families, and in our church. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll look at another of the similes, and I pray then that indeed you will allow these questions to ring in your minds and your hearts to resonate and then you wrestle with them as well. I'll see you again. Talk to you again tomorrow. God bless. Goodbye.